Come have a zippity doo da day and a big, bright, beautiful tomorrow on the Mousecapades Radio Network. My radio station. My radio station. Mousecapade Studios. Here are your hosts. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Matt and Chrissy. We pray that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 858, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you all that we are all travel agents and darn good ones. Any one of us can plan a magical trip for you anywhere in the world, like literally anywhere you want to go. We can set it up. Text Vicky, Chrissy, or me, Matt, for a free quote at 636-373-4497. One thing we all know about Disney is they make magic, and they are always trying to make things fresh and exciting. The Imagineers take their ideas and turn them to, into reality. However, sometimes an attraction, ride, or even a park can go away, but their remains are left like a graveyard of sorts. Yeah, so um, some of these, as we go on, some of them do turn to something else, but for the most part, they're graveyards. And it it just is always sad to me. And I thought, this is an interesting episode to do right before Halloween. <laughs> So we're going to kick it off with River Country in Orlando, Florida. If you don't know anything about that, I encourage you to watch the YouTube video of River Country hosted by the 19 late 70s, early 80s mouse uh, musketeers where they go and visit and stay at the contemporary. They roughed it, you know, in the contemporary. <laughs> it's cheesy goodness. It It really is. Those are the ones that I remember because it's like, Lisa Welchel and Molly Ringwald. And um, so more of the stars from my age group. But um, it opened on June 20th in 1976 near the grounds of the Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. The park was one of the first major additions to the Walt Disney World after its 1971 opening. Um, it was one of the earliest full-themed water parks ever built, which was interesting for me to know. It had included large water slides, an inner tube river, a sand bottom lake, and a play area featuring tire swings and bridges. The one thing that I've always wondered, though, is there must not have been a gator problem at that point. Seriously. Because it's very close to where gators can sometimes be found now. But River Country was around for about 25 years before it became obsolete. Once Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach opened, the attendance at River Country just it didn't handle it well. And so on November the 2nd, 2001, River Country closed for a typical refurbishment, but then it never reopened because it just couldn't keep up with the chlorinated places. And if you're like my husband, like I know many people are, um, do not swim in unchlorinated bodies of water. So um, not to mention travel had declined because it was... Um, right after the 9-11 attacks. 
So Disney didn't deconstruct the park, though. That's the craziest thing to me is that they just left it there. They put a fence around it and kind of like left it there to die on its own alone. I, for, I mean, I know it's not a real thing, but you know, guys know what I'm saying. And even for years after it closed, people could hear music playing like they didn't even turn that off, which I thought was kind of weird. But then people were really breaking in. They This is before TikTok even. Uh, people broke into River Country because they wanted to see what all the hype was about and what it looked like. Was it was it a ghost um, water park now and all this? So in 2016, that's when Disney actually did decide to tear River Country apart. And they filled in the swimming pool and everything. Um, but it wasn't until 2018 that they announced that they were going to build the Reflections, a Disney Lakeside Lodge vacation club resort they were going to build it on that property well of course the pandemic happened and since then it got removed from disney's plans and that resort is no longer going to happen and they cited money being a situation but then not very much longer later now they're building the polynesian disney um what do you call it disney vacation club resort yeah and the and the sketchings of it to me look very similar to this lodge that was supposed to be built. They just kind of Polynesianed it, if that's if that's a word. Yep, they just polyed it up. So you never went to it, Chrissy, because it closed. Well, I don't know. Oh no, I went to it in the '90s, and I even remember they had like birds, and I mean it was it was like a little tiny Animal Kingdom before Animal Kingdom was there, and that's they moved a lot of the the birds and and little like wildlife that was there at river country to animal kingdom when animal kingdom opened i barely remember going there in the 90s i mean we may have gone there in the 70s and 80s but i don't remember a whole lot of those trips but i do remember going there like once or twice in the 90s as just kind of a thing to do on a non-park day but then typhoon lagoon was our favorite and blizzard beach opened so when once those opened river country was long forgotten i, I want to say my sisters and brothers may have gone my sister and brother may have gone to it and i left it behind you know i i would rather park hop or go go to one of the bigger water parks but i do remember going to it but it but it's been since the 90s but i do remember it closing it probably was really cool at its time and and i actually met a lady at scrapbook camp that talked all about all her trips there they went every year and she remembered it fondly i asked her if she wanted to be on the podcast and she kind of looked at me like i had two heads <laughs> and i know it's not everybody's deal but i just thought what a cool thing for her to she went every year so i'm sure she had memories and stuff to share about it but that was the first one it's mr matt's turn and samantha request i was going to do this one anyway matt but samantha requested this one that we talk about it because she's sad about it okay well this one's for you samantha over at hollywood studios voyage of the little mermaid show has shut down since disney closed for the pandemic in 2020 voyage of the little mermaid was a live show with a runtime of approximately 14 minutes and it was so popular that it ran for nearly 20 years the show consisted of special effects live performers uh, portraying the iconic Disney princess and Prince Eric, as well as intricate puppets, uh, including an intimidating 12-foot-tall Ursula who performed the classic song Poor Unfortunate Souls. Rumors are spread that the show is filled with mold and then it was closing. There was a rumor that the puppets had been sold, too. In 20 of January 2023, Disney confirmed that the show was closed for 
for good. Meanwhile, the building just sits there empty with a sign still on it. Is the show really closed or will Disney change up the Little Mermaid show and bring it back? Yeah, I always see people sitting under there. That's a great place to get out of the sun. Hollywood Studios is a frying pan of fun. Uh, but yeah, that was a good show. A great, you know, great place to get a 13 minute nap in and cool off a bit. Well, the thing is, even if there is mold, having lived through the adventure of my basement, <laughs> they should be able to go. It would be cheaper because if they tear that down, it's connected to Walt's. Um, One man's dream. Yeah, it's connected to that. So they would have to tear down that whole building where they could do what they did in our basement. Just take out the parts that are moldy. And then the ones like our studs and everything, they have some um people slash animal because i'm not going to go down there and lift those studs but my cat might and so it's people and pet friendly so they put it on there and they said mold will never they sprayed it with something first and then they painted over it and said that the mold will never grow like it it's going to prevent it from happening so to me i that's what i feel like they should do is go in there and just fix it. it it wouldn't be as much as rebuilding an entire building well they no company in their right mind that especially if you're managing an empty facility, would let the mold just be. If there was mold, they would remediate it and it would be done with. Yeah, we always hear mold, mold, mold. And that's like such an an easy cop-out for people that are fishing for answers. I mean, if they had mold, they would would do something about it. They wouldn't just let it go. Let's hope so. Yeah. But who, who knows why? Maybe, you know, I've been in so many of these shows where like you're one of seven people in there. Like they have to know their numbers and they're like hey it's not filling up like it's not worth the cost for the pay the performers and the puppeteers and you have to keep on the puppets and to run the air conditioner at 60 degrees true who knows well my hope is you know hollywood studios is my park yeah my hope is that whole mishmash of animation courtyard that's a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of disney jr a little bit of star wars a little bit of little mermaid that they just reimagine revamp that whole area you could put a whole land in there something new they just need to kind of retheme it i want them to bring back the character meet and greets in there mm-hmm. bring back character dining like they had 25 30 years ago oh in there they did oh yeah they had they had an amazing aladdin character dining 30 years ago. That would be awesome. And it used to rotate with whatever movie was out at the time. And I know they're doing that in uh, Disney Presents, One Man's Dream. At the backside, they're doing it. But that area is so much smaller than the one that they used to have for movies when they first came out. Because Mm -hmm. that's where we met Lotso and Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope. And it was a much bigger area for people to wait. I feel like it's really condensed and then it takes over part of the Walt's history stuff and then people can't see his stuff because the line's in the way you know what I mean like I don't know maximize the space Disney you have the space I I truly think you know whether they bring the little mermaid back or not you know I'd be fine if they brought it back but I I truly think that they just need to maximize that space better for sure and even if they don't include the Star Wars area because they've got the whole land over there. Mm-hmm. They they just need to redo something. And I'm so glad I got this because when we when you had when you had asked us if we would be on the podcast and you know you were talking about the topic, this was what was on my mind. Oh, good. This is a good one. 
after going to Disneyland in May, this was on my heart. <laughs> and you're like, okay, Disney, fix this. Right. And as much as I love Eisner and everything that he did for the parks and whatnot, um, this was a mistake. Um, the Tomorrowland Theater opened in 1967 at Disneyland. It was home to Captain EO, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. And then it was repurposed to show Disney movie sneak previews. This theater never reopened after the pandemic. So the building just sits there as Disney guests just walk by it day after day. What would we like to see happen to it? This is the big one. The big, big, huge grave at Disneyland is the People Mover. The People Mover has remained in Tomorrowland since 1995. The ride closed forever on August 21st, 1995, being replaced by the infamous and short-lived Rocket Rods. Many Disney fans believe that the People Mover closed down to a lack of popularity. Disneyland's head executive, Paul Pressler, was interested in merchandising and marketing. Oh, yes, he was. His focus caused him to have pulled necessary funds to maintain the quality and of attractions and to ensure preservation and time went on. The support rails for the People Mover deteriorated while the Rocket Rods used the same track. Rocket rods demanded too much of the beams to carry the fast-moving and always-breaking cars throughout Disneyland. The people mover would need some refurbishment to ensure its safety, but Disney hasn't talked about this in years. So that was the one thing I noticed in Tomorrowland. When you walk through, you can see the the people mover tracks throughout. It's a complete eyesore. Well, I know that um, Lee's told me many times that how lucky we are that we still have the people mover in world because there would have to be some major work done to, to make sure that for the safety of people after sitting there for so long and just the damage that those rocket rods had done. Right. Which is sad. It is. There's a huge community that was really hoping that they were going to bring the people mover back this year, but it didn't happen. And Captain EO, that movie... They do bring that back every now and then. Yeah, they do. Yeah, like the little fuzzy guy. I remember being little and like reaching out, trying to like grab him. Right. His little buddy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it was. I should have let you do this one, Chrissy, because you probably could do it far more justice the next one we have. But yeah, I, I do feel bad that they don't have that. I was even more sad, which Matt will get to use, is we didn't get to use the monorail system that goes right to our right to our resort. <laughs> because it was down while we were there, but they reopened. Never fear. They reopened last Friday. So it will be open for Matt and family to ride. I, I did ride the monorail when I was there. And and it was just, I mean, I, I don't strike me down Disney, but I just thought it was weird. Did you really? Yeah, I just felt it. I mean, I guess because I had ridden the Disney World monorail system so and much. And it goes so far. Yeah, it was just so weird. I mean, because I mean, we took we picked it up at the downtown Disney station and then we rode it to the Tomorrowland station. And it was maybe I was just disoriented because I, you know, it dropped me off in the park and it had no air conditioning. And it was just I, I was a little disoriented, I guess. I was like it was it seemed smaller. I was yeah. just like, this is really weird. And like you had to have, you know, you had to have proof that you had a pass, you know, mm-hmm. like. You could not get on it with, I mean, it was just really weird to me. It was, I mean, it was nice, but it just, it seemed, you know, I loved Disneyland. Don't get me wrong, but right. the whole monorail thing to me was just a little different. 
Well, I mean, we didn't get to write it, obviously, but I heard that it was small. It's smaller. Um, it just has a different feel all around. Yeah, it just felt different. Well, you're not going around a big lake for one thing. Right. True, true. Which adds to the beauty of that ride for sure. Yeah, maybe it wasn't as smooth. It's more of an attraction at Disneyland where it's, you know, transportation at Disney World. Maybe that was it. So Matt's going to report back and see if that's how he feels too when he gets back. But Space Mountain goes is going to be down. What? Yep. <laughs> I'm bummed about oh, that. I'm so sorry. I am sorry too because yeah. When Gina said, "Oh, I got," I said, "Genie Plus." I mean, yeah, Genie Plus for that. And I said, "I am not getting down those little cars." I just. Oh, it's so much better at Disneyland. I know that, but I did not know that till I was in the line, and then she's like. No, it's two-seater and it's like a roller coaster. And I'm like, sign me up. I'm on it. So much better. Yeah. The whole getting down in those logs and then no one ever says anything to me, but I feel bad if it's taking me longer to get up than it does some people. And then I feel like I'm holding up the system. And so you just don't want to embarrass yourself, you know. So most recently, Disney made this billion-dollar resort that they named the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser and it opened in March 2022. And we've talked about it a lot, but... It felt fitting for this episode. They spent so much money on advertising this new inclusive experience where guests would be engulfed in Star Wars. The ultimate Star Wars fan would need to come to this uniquely created resort where they would eat, sleep, and drink a Star Wars adventure. Um, Disney hired like cast members to dress up and play some of the most memorable characters from Star Wars. But for two days, cruiser guests experienced lightsaber training. They got to work on the bridge of the cruiser. They ate galactic food. Galactic food. I spelled eight wrong, by the way. Um, they were a part of this, the crew of the galactic cruiser. And the amazing cruise was about $5,000 for two people for two nights and three days. Many Star Wars fans flocked to Orlando. We know because we kept saying, where are they getting this money? Or why are they spending this much money on just a two night adventure? And we really wanted to go. That's what we all said. But the price point was just so high it seemed crazy to give up that kind of money when you could spend almost five days or at disney for that so we just didn't do it but beginning october the first the galactic cruiser is going to sit empty while disney uses it for a huge tax write-off all the money on all those new beds and those little bunk things that they made that made it look like star wars and more are just going to be left empty like a ghost town and talk about mold um, when you close things up like that and turn off electricity and water, uh, I mean, I can't imagine they're going to let them run electricity through this building that they're using as a tax write-off to keep it. Yeah, they'll have to they'll have to run the HVAC systems. They have to keep up the structure. They can't just let it go to go to heck. Oh, they can do that. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this. I mean, they had they had such an opportunity to do something that would have touched generational fan bases and they were stupid about it and they only appealed to one generation and they got what they deserve coming to it with that. They missed the they missed the ship on this. They should have had it like new school missions, old school missions, like everyone wants on solo, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Right. Like, yeah, you got a small group of youngsters that want the new stuff. Well, obviously it wasn't enough to keep it going. And I mean, I think, you know, being in the trades industries, the amount of man hours that went into building this, like stuff that people have no idea about. It's just like, they're just like, throw a match to it. Oh, oh, makes me sick. The price point. Yes. Be realistic. You could do a week trip easy 
you know, at a value resort, five grand, a family of four, seven, seven day vacation. And this was literally 47 hours. Right. So break that down. Five grand divided by 47. That's a lot of money. Yeah. It was on our bucket list, but, but I told Michael, I said, there, there are other things you want to do first. There are, there are other travel things you want to do first. This is lowest on your bucket list. $106 an hour is what you're paying for that experience. That just seems so crazy. They could have made it so much more more attainable. Cut that price in half. (laughs) I mean, some people make $5,000 in a month. That would not be me. And so I just can't part with that much. It's just crazy, crazy. Yeah, that's that's a small vehicle. Now, I do know that Josh Tomorrow said something recently that he believed that it was going to turn into something big for Disney down the road. But didn't we say they have to wait 18 months or something before they can do anything with it? Yeah, there's like a grace period where they, it has to sit untouched, you know, unused, and then they can do what they want with it. I mean, it. use it for your college program or use it for something, but it just makes me Turn so it sad. another hotel. I would pay to stay there. You yeah, know? right. At deluxe rates, it would it would definitely fill up and then give access to Batu for like an additional cost, you know, boom. Right, give, give them early, early morning access or late night access. That would be cool. Or like a transport pass with the with the box car they use to bring the Halcyon guests back and forth. Make that an, an, an add-on. Like, hey, for an extra thousand bucks, you can have the whatever pass. Unlimited pass to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, they just need to hire you guys as Imagineers and this would have all been fixed. Well, that's what Michael's going to school for. So there we go. All right, let's move over to ESPN Zone. The building closed in 2018 has been used as a cast member facility and occasionally is Disney key holder exclusive pop-up location at downtown Disney, California. Other than that, the building just sits there most of the time. Stage 12 was a cafeteria turned arcade at Hollywood Studios Backlot that closed around 2016 uh, at Disney California Adventures, DCA. Uh, that use as storage and character dressing rooms. That's a fancy dressing room is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's super <laughs> fancy. They play games when they go in there because it says it was an arcade, so maybe the games are still in there. That'd be cool. It's like um, Wreck-It Ralph. All the games are in there and they talk to each other when the people are not in the room. <laughs> <laughs> that's how my mind works. <laughs> I'm down with that. <laughs> This next one has my heart, of course, the Avengers headquarters. Uh, The building the Quinjet sits on at the Avengers campus, which I'm sure you saw in July, Vicky. In Avengers campus is supposed to become an e-ticket simulator attraction, but it was scrapped after the pandemic in 2020 at DCA in California. Now, the rumor is this building will become a store Womp womp filled with Marvel merch. We don't have enough of those. <laughs> right. Um, but we haven't heard of a specific date thus far. How does Disney continue to just leave things abandoned? Couldn't they put their Imagineers to work to use their great ideas to find a purpose for all of these empty places? That is one thing that I noticed as much as I loved. I mean, I did kind of cry when I walked through Avengers Campus and I heard the music and I saw um the Quinjet and I, you know, I, I did tear up a little bit because I do love, you know, MCU so much. I, I'm a nerd. That space could be used for so much more over there. I mean, I loved Mission Breakout. That's my favorite ride on both coasts. 
and I liked um, Web Slingers, mm-hmm. but man, they they can do so much more over there. They they've got this building. They need to do more. And honestly, we've told Matt we're excited for him to see all the characters and stuff. But if they're not going to use that, I don't think they should do it for merch. I think they should have it as like a launch bay for Marvel, like where they meet characters. Right. Those poor people out there in that heat and those costumes. I'm just like. (laughs) And and one thing, and I don't know if I mentioned this when I've been on before, but a friend of mine who visits DCA frequently, so much of those character interactions are so good out there, especially with some of those Marvel characters, because so many of those actors and actresses on the West Coast are looking to get their breaks. Right. Oh, they're really into their characters. Mm-hmm. So like they're really into it. So they think they're Loki. They think they're <laughs> Thor. They think they're, bl- I mean, I really like when I met star Lord, I truly thought it was Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, they're really into it and it, it, it makes awesome. it so much fun. I mean, I just, I loved Avengers campus, but they really need some more rides. Yeah. As much as I loved Mission Breakout. That was a cool ride. It was the best. Matt's going to ride it soon. 12 days. Is it down to 12 days now? Something like that. I think so. Oh my gosh. So exciting. 12 days, 11 hours. (laughs) That's hilarious. Counting down the minutes. So I didn't even know about this Rainbow Caverns mine train. I haven't heard about this one either. It was a slow moving train that took visitors through an old West mining town named Rainbow Ridge. Well, two decades later, Disney had abandoned the Rainbow Mine Train and they replaced it with Big Thunder Mountain, which I would say was a good idea on their part because it's now one of the most sought after roller coasters at Magic Kingdom. All right. There's another one. I love how there's so many things that like you don't ever hear about. I remember this one. Videopolis didn't exist for a very long time before Disney abandoned this concept in 1989. It started in 1985 as a trendy teen dance club located in the Fantasyland portion of Disneyland. Orlando concept was called Videopolis East. It was a 5,000 square foot outdoor arena that offered space for up to 3,000 young guests to dance the night away. Entertainment included DJ, live bands, and 70 monitors playing popular music videos. The club also spawned a short-lived Disney Channel show of the same name. I remember the show. I'm going to have to look that on YouTube. Yeah, we didn't have cable when we were, I was little, so we never had like the Disney Channel or stuff like that. Oh, I don't know if I told you guys this or not, but Kaylee said how she felt old was last year when some kid had no idea what the Disney. She goes, you know, watching the Disney Channel and they're like, you mean Disney Plus? And she's like, no, it's a <laughs> channel. You watch shows and she was, and she goes, now I know you don't know these shows unless you've watched them on Disney plus. And they did know some of the shows, but she was like, mom, they don't even know what Disney channel. I mean, they just brought bear in the big blue house. I'm like, that's the kind of stuff you watched on the Disney channel, Kaylee. So she's like, I felt so old today. She's still a puppy. (laughs) No, she is. It's just funny that the thing, like they don't know commercials. And I mean, I've seen that over time when you're talking about a commercial, Although they seem to know Disney commercial because those are seem to be on YouTube or whatever. But for yeah. the most part, kids don't know commercials. And I had to introduce them to the Hamburglar because I always call when they have hamburger for lunch, Hamburglar. Robble, robble. And they're like, what? And then they're like, but he's dressed in jail clothes. I said, yeah, because he steals hamburgers. Robble, robble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, he knows. 
this one is another one near and dear to my heart. It's like Vicky knew what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> uh, Disney's futuristic attraction Horizons opened on October 1st, 1983, exactly one year after Epcot opened. The 15-minute ride carried passengers in a suspended vehicle through a hundred through a 136,000 square foot building that depicted scenes of life and work in the 21st century. Looking back, Disney Imagineers, the creative minds who dream up park attractions, did an incredible job predicting future technology. For instance, Horizons featured a robot vacuuming for a human and a holographic telephone that allowed people to see each other while talking. Yes, Horizons was plowed down for mission space. Yeah, I do remember you talking about that because we watched the YouTube video on it and Kaylee's like, was somebody using something while they were creating this? Because <laughs> she was like, it's it was so like kind of far out there. Yes. I said, well, it was the early 80s. It's very possible. And you could choose your ending. You could choose whether you wanted to be on the uh, the the sun planet or the yeah like three different endings the water or the sun or the earth or whatever it was good time one of my favorite attractions very much like spaceship earth so i'm figuring that matt probably can talk about stitch's great escape there was no articles but i know that this is one i figured that christy could talk about the body wars life pavilion do you remember that one i do but i also remember what came before stitch's great escape extraterrestrial you guys just talk you guys talk about that because i i wrote stitches great escape but i mean i i figure you can give more of a background on it okay so extraterrestrial alien counter brainchild of eisner he, he thought that the parks needed something a little more for the teens a little something more edgier so june 20th 1995 extraterrestrial alien counter opened up in tomorrowland so good so good and it scared the daylights out of people i thought it was real yeah, if anyone's familiar with Stitches, where Stitches, now in the tube, was a terrifying alien that you thought was breathing down your neck that he escaped. It was terrifying. <laughs> I, I very much remember it being scary. And then they redid it in 2003, and that became Stitches. And then I don't remember when Stitches closed, but another again, another huge chunk of real estate that's just sitting there. That they, I mean, they could obviously put another attraction in there, and they should. Um but, I mean, Stitches was like a reincarnation of Alien Encounters. It wasn't as good. The original one I thought was far better, but it was just far too scary for people. And I thought Stitches' Great Escape was painful. <laughs> yeah, painfully <laughs> bad. I would put my hands there to try to stop it from pushing down so so much. Chrissy's researching. Aside from, you know, Stitches while she's researching, the Skyway, that was uh, from park opening to 1999. And that went from, like, Tomorrowland area into... Fantasyland, where the tangled bathrooms are. Yep, and that was where you got on and off. I remember riding that and not liking it because it was too high up. And it and it swayed in the wind. I was a cast member there when it closed. Yeah, it was 1999 it closed. Yeah, it was like the, the predecessor of the Skyliner, essentially. Right. I mean, there's so many. Like, I, I made a small list. Like, obviously, Splash Mountain, one of the greatest attractions that Disney Imagineers ever came up with. We could throw that in the mix. I, I was just trying to refresh my memory on Body Wars. One of my best friends ever, he'll never forgive me for dragging him on that ride. And he got like totally motion sick. Yeah. I mean, to this day, 25 years later, he does not forgive me for taking him on that. And he remembers distinctly like going and vomiting in a trash can. Oh, no. 
Oh, absolutely. Like at my 50th birthday party, he and his wife were still in town. They live in central Florida to this day and they've, they've been annual pass holders and whatnot. To this day, he still tells people like he will never forget when I took him to Disney World 25 years ago. He's like, I never forget you took me on Body Wars and I got sick in a trash can in Epcot because that ride was so intense. So I'm guessing he's not been on Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. I don't think he's been on it since. But um, people underestimated how intense Body Wars was. Yeah. How intense that ride was. And I've never been on it, obviously. I imagine that it was teaching you all about your human body. I didn't know it was this intense it did, ride. But it was like Star Tours. Going into the body. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it was like Magic School Bus. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> you were a splinter going through the body. Were, yeah. Wasn't it a splinter? Or a blood cell. Yeah, yeah. It was some, like something you were, yeah. That's so crazy. Traveling through the body. It was intense. And then the last one I thought we could talk about is fairly new. Like, not as new as the Galactic Star Cruiser, but that Animal Kingdom um, open-aired stadium that they created oh right for the nighttime show which i loved that nighttime show but apparently it was not it was at rivers of light yes it was rivers of light you're right i really enjoyed it and so did my family and then all of a sudden we get this thing it's done it's over with so then they bring the kite show and yes it was a little cheesy at times but it was a nice break and it was pretty funny to watch these people with their sea dues they were probably living the time of their life Mm-hmm. pulling balloons around on a sea and getting paid for it. Heck yeah. And so now it just sits there. I mean, I think now they let people go in there and just sit and eat and stuff, but it that was a lot of money and it took a long, I just remember it being a long time for it to be put together. And so it makes me sad that it's just sitting there and it could be entertaining somebody. If nothing else, I, they could bring the, the flotillas one at a time and have a little concert. We can just sit there and watch them <laughs> tailed by so we can see the characters. Even seeing them from afar makes me smile. So right. you go sit there and watch those go by. I don't know. I just feel like they need to do something in that area. I just don't want Animal Kingdom to start to die off because it was starting to thrive. And now we've gotten rid of Dinosaur Land. And I know that that's a eyesore to everybody else. But you don't want to start doing too much in one park because then it's going to be like Hollywood Studios was for so long where so many things were being built up and done here and there. There wasn't much to do. You could do that park in a half a day for all the construction. Well, with with the announcement of Zootopia, what, Shanghai? Yep. Everyone's rumbling. They're saying, bring it to bring it to Animal Kingdom, bring it to Animal Kingdom. It would make sense there. I'm, I can't remember who whose vlog it was. They said that... Uh, Couple of the heads, including uh, not Chapek, uh, uh, um, Iger. It was Iger, Josh Demaro, all flew in to Animal Kingdom for an emergency walkthrough, and they think that they're doing that ahead of D two three because they're going to make an announcement of what they're going to do with Dino Land at D two three. Just a rumor. Oh, that'd be nice. It would make sense. Uh, real quick, can we do a shout out? Yes. Main Street Electric Parade, Spectro Magic, Mister Toads. 20,000 Leagues, Snow White's Adventure, all classic attractions. Yes. Off into the wind. Yep. When I rode Mr. Toad in Disneyland, I had forgotten how much I enjoyed riding that at Disney World and Snow White and Pinocchio. Very forward to those dark rides. Like, that's my youth. Like, I consider, like, the cardboard, everything looked like it was made out of cardboard when I was little. Right. 
I'm so glad they're still at Disneyland. Yes. Mr. Toad's was not as dark as I thought it was going to be. And Snow White was not as dark as I remembered at Disney World. So did they change it at land so it wasn't as dark as Disney World? I It was exactly how I remembered it. I don't know, but we got on there and they're like, oh, it's a little, it's a little dark in here. And we were just, it was just funny because most of them, I don't think had rode Snow White at World. I rode it right before they closed for Fantasyland changeover. Yeah, 2012. Yep. That was it. Yes. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to slight your thing. You did research. Thank you for doing research. I didn't know you were looking up your own. No, I'm so glad you mentioned Spectre Magic. I wish they'd bring it back. That's a huge chunk of of the magic of the Magic Kingdom was nighttime parades. Oh, Spectrum that that was my family's favorite for years. Spectrum Magic is so good. I was sad because I knew they were there right now, but are they not going to bring back the Disneyland parade? Because we watched those videos, and what was that one? Paint the night. Yes, because yeah, when we went and I saw there wasn't going to, you know, they haven't had one for a while. I'm like, are they, is this gone? Because I really wanted to see this in person. I was on Disney's Wikipedia and it said that the Main Street Electric Parade was going to return in 2024. And I was like, where? Is this like super rumor? Because that would, I mean, I'd go down there just to see that. They need to bring it back to world. I'm sorry. It's been a long time. Those nighttime parades. They need to bring Spectro Magic back. Yes. Any nighttime parade. I don't care what, like just sitting there on the ground at night, you're all tired. And this is like the last thing you do for the day. Like, ugh. The um, parade, Chrissy, that used to be at Hollywood Studios. Superstars and motor cars? Maybe. Yeah. And like Roger Rabbit. and Yeah. Yep. And I mean, that was sad. And I loved Jam and Jungle Parade at Animal Kingdom. And I, I understand it's really tight there. So I get that why they didn't. It doesn't make me happy about it. I, but I understand what they're saying about it. Well, if we're going to bring parades back, we should bring Tapestry of Nations back to Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> but too many drunkards walking around World Showcase to bring that one back. Well, but we had the cavalcades during, um, or cavalcades during the pandemic times that went through the showcase yeah but crowds were much lower then i don't know if there's youtube video from like 99 2000 oh yeah there is catch the tapestry of nations parade that's one of the best parades i shall go look at it when i get off here because i still have some work to do let's talk about shows hunchback of notre dame at the at the studios one of the best shows ever Watch that on YouTube and you'll cry. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so good. I really don't need an excuse to cry. I just cry like... The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh my gosh, that was one of the best... I mean, people, even if you didn't like the movie, which I don't know why you wouldn't like the movie. I know people think it's too dark, but that was an amazing show and it was there for years. Yeah, I love that movie. The music is amazing. Yes, the music, the soundtrack is one of the best. And the guy that sings those parts was on the original Parenthood movie with Steve Martin. He played his loser brother. That's the guy who sings that main part. Very interesting. All right, we could go on forever because, you know, we know. But I just thought this was a good episode to talk about right before Halloween ghostly things at disney they're not really ghosts but you know well thank you for joining us thank you guys for joining in because you guys have far more disney history than i do mine's more recent 
A few final reminders before we sign off. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can text us at 636-373-4497. If you would like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, text Chrissy, Vicky, or me, Matt, at 636-373-4497. And you can always check us out on our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show when we dish all the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. Well, I guess it's about that time, you guys. Disney love. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Hurry back. Have a magical day, my friends. <laughs>